Listener Production. G'day, it's Rusty here, all set for part two of my podcast with one of the winningest team owners in the Tasman region, Lyle Williamson. Now, if you've arrived here and somehow missed part one, jump back to the Rusty's Garage Library and give it a listen. From his early days cleaning wheels for Denny Holm to forming a very special friendship with the bear, whose passing at Bathurst in 1992 rocked so many in the racing community. Plus, a fun yarn in a rally car with Jim Richards that left him green to say the least around the gills. Coming up, a controversial, bittersweet Bathurst win and his memories of working with all sorts of modern generation drivers, including Craig Baird, who I hope one day does another race with IMS. That would be a nice bookend of sorts. The incredible drive and focus Earl Bamber had, even as a young racer. And the moment Lyle had to ring Sir Colin Giltrap after a brand new race car was wrecked. We begin part two with reflections on when he truly felt comfortable that IMS was established and a proven performer. At what point did international motorsport for you feel um, really cemented and and away? You've talked about, you know, some of the overseas um, missions that you, you've been on and so on. But in the, in, in the early phase, when you embark on something like that, was there ever any sort of difficulties, uncertainties? At what point did you think, right, with this, you know, what you wanted to, to do and what this has now become, when did it feel? I think when... I thought we we were achieving things was when I got taken to the the World um, BMW Motorsport Awards in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, so mm-hmm. somewhere, um, and I'd, I flew there not knowing a lot about you know what's on and wasn't expecting anything. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm an emotional guy and not good at speaking and things like that. I'd prefer just to do, do your thing, do my thing. Mm-hmm. And I got called up onto the stage, uh, and I'm looking around, thinking that's a, that sounds like my name, but it's not my name. And then everyone, <laughs> it felt surreal. It felt surreal to you, did it? Did well, it? the ta- and then the guys at the table said, "That's you, they're calling. Who me?" Jesus, no. They said, yes, it is. And, of course, part of it was um, you had those little earphones, so some of it was in English and, yes. and the other language. So I go up there and this guy gives this glowing bloody thing about these hicks in New Zealand who've done this, this, this and this and how many races we've done and bloody all this sort of glory thing. And I'm thinking, holy hell. And if I'm going to speak, I'm going to choke. Uh, so, luckily, um, my old friend Rudy Miner knows that I'm not good at those sort of things. Um, so he comes up onto the stage and saves my bacon by saying uh, he doesn't. Uh, uh, was uh, not, not keen on speaking or, or something? No, or, yeah. he covered my ass by saying he's got a problem at the moment and he can't speak. And, <laughs> um, 
So I go back and sit there and there's one of those awards over there is, is what it was. Mm. Uh, and then um, the money that I was getting um, to run the team um, changed and it, it, they also helped with BMW in New Zealand because we'd won, I think it was our eighth or ninth championship with Craig Beard and Jason Richards and Amazing. Brett Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying it got easier, but I thought, well, we are getting somewhere, somewhere. these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but uh, I don't think you ever get anywhere in motor racing. It's, you just kid yourself that yeah. you do and then... Um, it's it's hard work, as you know, especially yep. in this little country. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's bounce through some of those names. I'm glad you brought up. First of all, where did you first come into contact with Craig Baird? What was he like? And and there's a beautiful downstairs. I th- I think there's a on hanging on the wall. There's some BMW memorabilia. I think it's a jacket from Charlie Lamb. Maybe Craig Baird um, race suit. Uh, Jason Richards race suit. I miss someone in the middle there as well. I think so. What happened was, after Denny passed away, we mm. were put on hold and uh, BMW New Zealand said, uh, look, we don't know what's going on. I said, well, funny enough, they're in touch with me. And they said, oh, no, they've got to go through us. So it was all that little pinpricking stuff. And they said, "Who? tell us who the drivers are. I said, well, I want to replace Denny with Brett Riley. Mm-hmm. And who the hell's Brett Riley? So I'd tell him who he is and um, the amazing stories that go on behind the scenes with Brett. And uh, then um, I'm thinking about who this other, who we need is going to fill the young driver's shoes. And I'm in my office up in Kyber Pass uh, in the penny farthing days and... I hear this bloody bit of a ruckus in the reception area out there. <laughs> and I open the door, what's going on? And this little lady at our reception said, this guy here won't go away. He's <laughs> waiting to see you. Oh. I look and I think, oh, I know you. And I said, all right, you come in. Like he, he almost pushed me out of the doorway because he gets, so he could get in and he sits down. I said, you're all right? And he goes, no, 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 I need a job. I, I want to do uh, 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 uh. I said, hey, slow down, slow down. So uh, he was so wound up and he he said, you know Dick Bennett? So I said, yeah. He said, I've been with him. I said, yeah, I've been reading about you. He said, not me, it's the car, the car's making use of something. I said, well, I don't think you need to go around saying that. He said, oh, look, what can I do? I'll do anything. So I thought, oh, it's he's a bag of trouble. So we'll we'll come back to him. Yeah. So away he goes. He said, "Well, can I come back tomorrow?" I said, "No." He said, "Can I go down to the race shop and have a look?" I said, "There's nothing really there for you to see. The boys are just stripping the cars and blah blah blah." Oh well, I could work there for you. You don't have to pay me. Uh, oh, okay. So away he went and I went back to life, get back to work the next day and I get a phone call from Craig Owen. 
who, funny enough, is still working for me to this day. Wow, wow. So You get a phone call. <laughs> and he says, um, Craig Bed's here. Uh, what do I do with him? And I said, well, you know, we're scraping the underseal off the bottom of the car. He goes, yeah. And he said, I said, give, give him us, that job. Give him <laughs> car two and tell him. So he lasted about a few hours and then he disappeared again. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, and then, of course, he, I, I looked around and we tried finding somebody and I said to him, oh, he's a mongrel, he wants to do it, he's bloody, we go for test day with a road-going M3 BMW. Yeah. I said, this kid is so fast, he doesn't even know how good he is. So um, we took him on and, God, he was a shocker. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> well, in a nice way, yeah. in a nice way. He's a, he, cheek, he's a cheeky boy, he's a yeah, white, you know, yeah. but, he, but he's, you know. He came uh, with me to, in warts and all and uh, he, uh, the good thing was he respected or he, he appreciated that this was, Mm. An opportunity, so, yeah. and uh, he did a lot of races with us. And funny enough, uh, when we almost got destroyed way back, when the Triple X racing team formed, and Craig went across there, he was also the guy that almost brought about my downfall. Really? Um, so we've our relationship is only just getting better, and because I'm not one to let go very easily, but. Um, of course, he took out senior people, or Triple X did in those days, and our driver, and uh, that was very hard to to get over that he would, that, mm. that would happen. Mm. And here at these days, he says, "Come on, are you over it yet?" <laughs> and I said, "No." And he goes, um, "Come on, we go. I'm not, I'm not going to do many more races, but you and I need to do a race to bury the hatchet." Nice. Nice. So I said, see that woman over there? He said, you're not going to do it again, are you? I said, you, you can't tell her that you're going to drive and see what she says. <laughs> and Joy says, he always comes up and goes hi and gives her a kiss and the rest of it. And she says, I can feel that he wants to say, um, come on, come on, I want to come back and do a couple of races. races. Yeah, yeah. But he was close to us. Yeah. Um, and... and Funny enough, a lot of the drivers, even today with Johnny Reed and yep. Matt, and all the drivers end up. It's a fatal mistake that I have that I most probably get too involved with them, close to them, and mm. too close, mm. and mm. Uh, I can't change that because mm. that's just the way that it is. But yep. uh, back in those days, like the things. <laughs> And poor old Brett Riley was as honest as a day's long, not saying Craig wasn't, mm. but they would fiddle with his tyres and they would... Cheeky. Sure, <laughs> do things. And did you touch that car last night or do anything? No, shit, no. <laughs> well, how come it's now this and the mechanics mm. are saying no? Mm. But, yes, yeah. he's... He, he was special. Yeah. Tell me about Brett Riley. More you're at it. Come on. Um, 
Well, I knew Brett's dad, Johnny Riley, and we raced against him. And I'd seen Brett around a lot of the race circuits when we were going, and Brett mm-hmm. was the kid sitting in the back seat of the car. Mm. Well, his dad was in the pub with Red Dawson and all the rest of them. Mm. And he used to say, oh, I'm going to drive a race car with you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, he went off to Europe and he ended up with Nigel Mansell flatting with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, didn't have the belief in himself that he needed to and that's why um, – Mansell beat him to the drive uh, with um, Chapman because uh, Brett had done an amazing race in the uni parts, um, single-seater and the little F3 cars Mm -hmm. in the wet. And Chapman came and gave Brett um, his phone number and said, give me a call, but make sure you ring me tonight before a certain time. And Brett... And told me, I said, what what actually happened there? So Brett also is not a big drinker and he was at the pub with Mansell and uh, Mansell knew that uh, that Chapman had spoke to him. Mm -hmm. He said, are you going to ring him or not? And and self-doubt came in. He said, he's only going to tell me I need to bring money in. So he hummed and hard. And it was getting close to, I think it was nine o'clock that it had to be. Mm-hmm. So he said, um, if you're not going to give it, ring, give it to me. So Mansell slid down the other end of the bar, rung Chapman, made an appointment for the next day and all the rest wow. of it. And, of course, he got the job and wow. Brett didn't. Wow, sliding doors. And mm. Brett... Regretted it in some ways, and uh, I think he regretted it a lot. But he, as the years went by, he handled it, but very well. But he is such a a gentleman. Mm. Mm. But gee, he's talented. Very. Speaking of talented, I um, one of the things I I feel immensely proud of, but I I feel was an enormously difficult thing to do, was kind of. Emceeing Jason Richards' funeral. Oh, right? I remember you doing Thank it up you. here. Yes, yeah. he was a great guy, mate. Oh, a great yes. guy, and and you you got to see some some good things as far as his mm. talent was concerned. And I feel sad in many ways, mate, that we weren't uh, afforded the chance to see even more in supercars from oh, from yes. him. You know, well, his his arrival with me was almost the same as Craig Beard's. So determined, had, like a determined. Well, no, sort of, the way he arrived into my, we were at Manfield and we were in running the two cars. Hmm. We were had been given the go ahead to build a new one, so and we had a buyer for one of the coupes, and Jason had a a mate who was flogging him to anyone who would listen and mm-hmm. and trying to. Um, get him a drive, and this elderly guy—oh, not elderly guy, but a mature guy—rocks up and with his with this lady, and she said, "I oh, can." He said, "Can we talk to you?" Oh yeah, like who are you? And it was Dave and Pauline. Hmm. Sorry, mate. I know. I know. I know. It's okay. It's okay. I fell in love with him too. Mm. So when we said, "Look, we're going to do," couldn't, it to you couldn't not. He just no. had a beautiful personality, didn't he? So, so yeah. So we did a test day, mm-hmm. 
Um, let me get my breath back. So, yeah, Craig, yeah. what's this little prick doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so he kept um, tapping and giving Jace a real hard time. time yeah. um, but Jace wore him down and, um, of course, did well. Yeah. Um, he, uh, BMW loved him. Yep. Um, he... But the way he came into that tent after his mum and dad had been in mm. and we were all, I don't know whether we'd finished a race or doing a race and this kid comes through the door like a bloody rocket. Mm. Oh, I'm Jason. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm going to drive for you. <laughs> but it, it was so, um, what do you call it? It was so nice. Mm. Uh, you couldn't be offended by no, it. No, correct. Beautifully enthusiastic, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, that was it. That he was, was he was. Yeah. And then, of course, um, time went on and he moved on to Team Kiwi um, right at the wrong time. Mm. And I said, mate, you're doing the wrong thing. He said, I know, but what can I do? I can't. Mm. I can't get to drive anywhere else. Mm. Mm. Tell me about a couple of other youngsters that are on posters outside, a very young Dan Gaunt coming through here. And I think you had, am I right in saying, you had, uh, he might have had an incident in the very, in testing, very, very, very first TRS, is that mm. right? Yes. And you had to ring, did you have to ring Sir Colin yeah, and yeah, trap and yeah. convince him that, hey, no, this guy's, we've got to, we've got to, Get back no, behind him, don't we? No, well, oh, well we got rougher than that. Um, <laughs> so the Toyota series is starting. Yeah. I think he's there, isn't it? Is it? Could be, yeah. Um, and um, same thing, who are we going to have for driving? And I've always had a pretty good eye to know good drivers and things, so yeah. I put up who I thought, and then Colin said, well, who, which one? So I said my choice would be Dan Gaunt, hungry, um, he's wanting to go places and all the rest of it. So we were putting our race team together and he um, all fired up. We've done some tests, all good. We go to Ruapuna. Now, we're not going to go for fast times and all the rest of it, so just... Ease in. We're <laughs> ease ourselves in. Uh, Colin, make sure you ring me each time I run. Yeah, yeah, I always because I'd known Colin for so many years. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Stephen Giles says, I think, yeah, she's good to let him go. The cars will settle down and mm. let's see how we go. So I was wandering back somewhere and I heard – People go, oh, that's a big one. I thought, oh, look, I wonder who that is. Uh, oh, I went to the toilet and I come back from the toilet and next, where are you? You better get here, you better get here. Oh, yeah, okay, no big deal. I go back and I see this car coming back in two pieces. Uh, and it's our car, I can see the colour. I go, oh, Jesus, you're joking. So, how is he? Oh, he's all right. He's bumping around over there, but mm. he's not looking forward to seeing you. So mm. we had a chat. What did you do, lad? He goes, oh, I can't say that something locked up in the car, but I wonder whether it did or whether I just went too hot and all the rest of it. Mm. Um, 
I said, Jesus, like, this is the first meeting, mate. This is not going to go down well. So I rang Richard Giltrap and I said, uh, hey, uh, we've got a bit of a problem here. Oh, yeah, what's that? Uh, the car's in two pieces. And he goes, yeah, I'm fucking joking. And I said, no. He said, oh, don't ring me. You ring the old man. And I said, uh, yeah, okay. So I rang Colin and... Uh, he says, I've already heard. I said, so how bad is it? I said, well, it's in two pieces. That's what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's in two pieces, but the driver's okay. I give out the driver. <laughs> he says, put it in the uh, container and come home. I said, what about the other car? Uh, no, leave him going. I said, mate, are you sure? Yes. I said, Toyota have got a tub here. He goes, no, come home. So I wait for a while and Richard rings me. He said, what do you say? He said, I'll come home, but we can't do that. We'll have to just let the dust settle. He said, ring Michael. Uh, I said, "I said, why? He said, oh, Michael's uh, pride at the moment. I'm, I'm on the back foot with the old man. So, so I ring Michael. He goes, yeah, the old man's told me. What's happened? I said, we don't quite know, but something locked up at the hip and caught the concrete curbing and just snapped the car in half. Is he all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, leave it with me. So don't get a phone call. Uh, All night, next morning. uh, Yeah, so what did you do? I said, I'm waiting to hear from you. Why? I said, because you said pack pack it all up and come home. Well, you said they had a tub there. And I said, yeah, but you said... Pack it up. <laughs> yeah, pack it up and come home. Yes. you sure you have? I'm sure, I reckon you put it together again. And <laughs> I, I said, well, how would you know that? And he says, because I've got spice. And I said, no, no, we're going to need a tub. So I put the tub there and we've just sat the suspensions on. Oh, so it's not ready to race. Well, not really. Well, he... Is it ready to race? Uh, well, it could be. So we dodged the bullet, and every now and again when I have some problems with Dan, I say, just remember what happened last time. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, but you're easier to deal with. <laughs> but he won us the Grand Prix. Yep. Um, he won us the Lady Wigram Trophy, Trophy. race. Mm. Um, and he's one of those ones that's got under my skin and been a real, and of course it's a pleasure having him back with us now. Correct. But, yeah. but he was like Jason and like Craig. He was a harem scaring back then too. Was he? Was he? Couple more to finish while we while we pick your brains on a few drivers. Earl Bamber. Earl. Yeah. Well, Earl. Uh, later on in life now, because he's uh, a different person. But back in those days with us, n- nobody would touch him. Um, I helped him get the job in Mercedes AMG when he wrote the car off the same as Daniel on the, on the test day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's unbelievably talented, yeah. but he has absolute vision that it's him, 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 and nobody else. I don't give a fuck about you, him, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, uh, back then, Colin was struggling with it all too. But uh, 
Um, we got through the the Porsche stuff, and away he went. And yeah. of course, now you see how yeah. successful he is, is and yeah. that's because of that drive that he had. But his father became a good mate yeah. uh, to me, and uh, because he knew that I was holding it together back in those early nice. days, but. Yeah. It got too hard and fast overseas and then he's moved on and mm. that's how it is. And there is a photo of a very young Shane Van Gisbergen before he's gone on to... <laughs> yes, and he drove the Toyota too. Yeah. That was the meeting at the A1, which is one of the more pleasurable meetings that I ever did that s- sticks in my mind. Mm. And that was mainly because we, we at the one meeting of the A1 Grand Prix we run... Dan Gaunt told me this. Did you run 30 cars? Is that right? How many cars did you run? 15 Porsches. Yeah. Um, three V8s yeah. with Angus Fogg, Paul Peterson, and oh, I forget the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, three Toyotas with Shane, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, um, Daniel Gaunt, and uh, I forget the guy, uh, the guys, and... Um, four minis. Amazing. That's got to be just about a record, doesn't it? I mean, that's, how many was, staff did you have to run all that? I had, well, I think it was just on 50, but it was the things that you don't think about, like the logistics of it snowballed on me mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the accommodation, the tyres, the brakes, the parts. All the different the fuel, cars. The cars. <laughs> and it, wherever I went, I had somebody, it's not fair, he's done this. <laughs> they were, it was just constant for three or four days Those, yeah. of the worst side of telltales and things. Yeah. But I must admit it took a couple of days to come right after that meeting. But... Yeah. Um, we won a lot of races in that day too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was certainly one of the major efforts we ever did. Are you not surprised Shane's gone on to go and do what no, he's done? No, he uh, he drove the Porsche uh, for us as well, yeah. and it was what you see now and what you've watched uh, yeah. from the early snapshot was, you got of that. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was no halfway. He mm. was. I said, well, hang on, hang on. Gee, you're trying to kill the car. <laughs> That's how I drive. I said, well, we ain't going to have a very long relationship here. But <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he, he was just another street above everyone else. Okay, this next steer could be one of my best yet. Speaking of team ownership and racing cars, you have to, have to, have to head back into Rusty's garage and listen to Roland Williams' Surrey Dane and the story behind Triple Eight Racing. I had to do something to try and put together a crew that would win Bathurst. And so, not everyone, but a lot of people used to pair their drivers up in those days. Uh, So I wanted somebody who was really good to put with Craig but who also would be a young um, Australasian driver who uh, would appeal to the local market who could would be a sort of half a generation younger than 
than uh, Craig uh, with potential. So, and I spoke to there were three people on the shortlist. You know, so there was Frosty, um, there was Davo, Will Davison, and Jamie. Um, and to be honest, the one who jumped the hardest, highest, fastest uh, to try and do something was Jamie. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he thought it was a, a wind up when he got a phone call from me. <laughs> um, but uh, he was he was driving that year in 05 for you know, another very good friend of mine, Tim Miles, and um, and but he was out of a drive at the end of the year. So uh, yeah, he he knew that. I think Murph was coming in the following year or whatever. So he. Um, uh, yeah, couldn't get on a plane fast enough to come up, and he didn't care, or he, he said he didn't care about the money. Um, so I didn't pay him very much if he didn't care about it. Uh, so he was ready, willing, and able. And he and but we had been particularly impressed by his driving in the two enduros that it, at both at Sandown and at Bathurst with Jason Richards. Another unreal player in the world of motorsport. Now, back to Rusty Wego. Can we talk a couple of stories before we get to what you're doing now and, and the business here and, and so on? Firstly, um, David Brabham has been on the podcast. Um, so has Craig Baird, for, for that matter, over, over, over time. Yeah, both of, them, both of them have. Walk me through winning and then Morrison Baird losing Bathurst, but at the same time, the other sister car wins it, that famous two-litre race. You've got it's, the... It's on the wall, though. Yeah. The, the bottom one is the, yeah. it's the newspaper. Um, what are we talking about? It's AMP Bathurst 1000, 1997, yeah, I think, wasn't yeah, it? So, yeah. yeah. So we're going reasonably well um, through testing. BMW have moved in behind us, brought people out from Germany. Um, I had to go to Germany and be briefed on how they want to run it because the, the competition with Audi was... And Brad Jones, Audi were helping him, and mm-hmm. it was dog eat dog. Yeah. And uh, we had quick cars. We were on top of it. Um, we um, next minute there's a scream on the phone, puncher, puncher. So Beard or Morris comes in with the tire off. Um, Car goes up, flicks the wheel off, but the wheel nut spins and goes off into the fast line. Mm-hmm. So we f- get it all sorted and send them. And next minute, Tim Jenkins sent a guy down. You go and tell Williamson, I want to see him up here. <laughs> and I think, oh, fuck, we're so busy and it's the heat of the battle. And I don't know what I said to the guy, but I just said, you tell Tim I'll get there when I can, but I'm, I get this message. No, you'll come now or I'll black flag your car. So, it's, oh, fuck, really? So I go upstairs and Tim's got this grin on his face. Oh, I say, you're too big important that you can't come and see me. And uh, I said, no, 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 we're just a bit busy. So... Um, what, what, what did I just see on your screen? He goes, just listen to me, I'm talking to you. I said, that, that's our car. 
And he said, gee, well, you've been pulled in and blah, blah, blah. I can't, it, no, something's wrong. Anyway, tell me off, what are you going to do? He said, oh, get back down there, you fucking Kiwi or whatever he said to me. I get back down there. I said, what happened? And they said, uh, we just um, came in and changed the wheel and that again because it wasn't right and we changed drivers. You what? So I said to Paul Sepernick, hey, and he just erupted here. I said, do you realise what you've done? And he goes, mate, if you think you can, you can do it, you do it, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know we're short on time, uh, so we're going to have to do another stop. Um, so... Because you, you were worried about minimum and maximum laps for the drivers, yeah, weren't you? And, yeah, and he yeah. was short mm-hmm. by something small, like mm-hmm. two or three laps. Laps, okay. Um, and I think it was Chris Craig who went back in the car, but he had picked off Craig Owen saying, hey, we've stuffed up, you're going to have to go back in the car again. And... Uh, it was just a disaster. So Rudy Miner was there and so was Paul Rocher and they said, you concentrate on the Brabham car now and just Morrison. You knew then? You knew then it was game over for it? Is that what you is well, that Yeah, what we yeah. knew that we could not fix it. Fix it far out. Well, we knew we could, but we knew we couldn't fix it yeah. to bring him back onto the first yeah. And Terry Morris was just on fire. So he says, you did that deliberately. And I said, fuck off. I, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. At any rate, it fumed for for the rest of the race. And then somebody from inside the German thing was talking this is what hearsay was, mm-hmm. and in the proximity of the Morris's, but I never knew whether it was true or not. And somebody apparently said, "Well, uh, it suits BMW for the Brabhams to win, not the other car." Yeah, I never ever saw that sort of indication or statement. F- in mm-hmm. my dealings with BMW, mm-hmm. they were always very straight. Mm. So that's caused all sorts of problems. And then, of course, um, it came to a BMW having a fallout with the Morrises and it was not a happy time. Mm. But luckily we got first and second still, but the wrong way round. Round. How I mean, you knew Craig. You knew Craig pretty well. How was yeah. he in the wake of that? I mean, feeling like he'd won his first Bathurst, and then you know, to have it. Well, they, everyone was the whole team on that car was gutted. Hmm. Um, but it, there has been stories that it was a big surprise. We knew within half an hour, three quarters of an hour, when Paul Supernick, we had a big whiteboard there and mm-hmm. we were doing all the plotting and yep. we could see, oops, there's a problem. Problem, okay. Damn. It's going to cost another pit stop. Mm. So on the one hand, you had 
that scenario, and then the, then you had the Brabham's winning it as well. I mean, you, you, yeah. it's sort of bittersweet in some ways, isn't it? It was, mm. and then we went on and won the Manufacturers Championship, mm. um, and good old Germans like forget that. That's what happened. Yeah, but I'm getting a lot of flack from these people over there. Who cares? Forget it. Don't don't, don't. move on. I said. Uh, I have to work with them, and mm. <laughs> and by the way, they own the building where we are. No. Mm. Ah, don't worry. Mm. She said it was quite cold and, yeah, very cold. I'm just going to break into the chat again here for everyone's benefit, including Lyle's too. This is his recollection of a high-stakes moment in motorsport. You all know how big Bathurst is. Paul Morris would go on to win, but it was 14 years later with Ford Performance Racing. So you can appreciate the tension that would exist around something you've worked your whole life for seemingly slipping from your grasp, especially as the Morrises had such prominent positions in this team. Now, Beardo, Paul and David Brabham are all in our Rusty's Garage library, so I would implore you to listen to their take on Bathurst 97 as well, so you can then form a balanced opinion. For clarity, Lyle said it was just hearsay that in some corners BMW people allegedly may have indicated a Brabham win suited them better. Remember, that's hearsay. Now, let's get back to the podcast. They say time heals a lot of wounds. Is that wound healed with those guys or is it is it not something that you... you Ah, Paul Morris has given me a flick in the ear quite a few times. He he doesn't uh, deal with actually what happened. He just thinks that it was a big setup and okay. all the rest of it. Um, uh, but Paul's Paul. Um, we had a good relationship while it all worked, but it'd be silly if he thought that. Uh, it would have been something that wow. we could have been that wow. clever to engineer. Wow. The business here now does some amazing restorations, beautiful, beautiful cars. What have you, you got 17 staff here? How many? Yes. 17 staff. Um, some great cars that are being restored, but also race cars. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've always done the restoration work and, and that came from Archibalds because the latter part of my apprenticeship was... Archibalds have built quite a large um, car collection in those days. So I was, um, when we went motor racing, that's the sort of work we were doing. And PDL, of course, Bob Stewart had the same philosophy. So it was inbred in me to do that. Mm. Um, It's very difficult to run a race team in this country and keep staff employed and Just going. on the race cars, and yeah, be, yeah. Our seasons are getting better mm. and, and longer and uh, luckily these days we have some of the best drivers and people mm. supporting the cars and things so we can actually do it. But mm. uh, it also teaches them, the mechanics and that, uh, a finer side of, the, of, of doing cars when mm. you do restoration work. But it also works the other way around where if they're good at doing a race car, they should be good at setting up a a road car. But uh, I think at the moment we've got something like three years' work waiting to be done. But as I'm heading towards the latter part of my working life, um, it's... uh, 
Nick uh, has some different views, uh, most probably on how he's going to run it in the future, no doubt. But um, while I'm still here doing it, uh, we'll still keep restoration work while it's available to us. Good. I, um, I've had a couple of people help me with different bits and pieces of information for this. So Johnny Reed's been very kind as, as well, <laughs> right? Um, he says you have, I'm quoting him here, you have a great way in leading the men and women that make up the successful team that is international motorsport, right? You always feel a part of the family rather than just a part of the race team. Lyle also hides his Belgian biscuits from me on race weekends. <laughs> My yeah. most enjoyable moments with him are always over a glass of red just to mm. sit and listen to the history. That's nice of him. Yeah. He's, he's been... I mean, Andrew Wade's been a more recent addition. There's been some great, some great ones that you've you've had pass through here, mate. And what did you say before? Like a like a hundred drivers or, or thereabouts? Is yes, that right over time? Uh, well, of course, you look at how many years it's been and and how many. Uh, yeah, it's uh, amazing. Mm. But I can't even believe it myself, really. But it's. Uh, I'll show you some of the stuff upstairs. <laughs> yeah. But the record. Well, I've always been a bit of a. A stickler having all the records done, and even to these this day now we still have briefing books and things way yeah. beyond what other people, people have. Yeah. Um, but uh, the um, the records that go back, yeah, because every now and again I get caught with a guy coming up and saying, "Hey, do you remember me?" And I got I'm hopeless with that sort of thing, and, mm-hmm. and then he reminds me who he was because we've had some that just come and did drives with us. We've had yeah. people that have stayed for many a year, but um, it's it's good looking back and mm. seeing that, but um, I've never really had them coming saying uh, nasty things. I've always mm. seems to have gone away, mm. apart from that Fahey era, which was considering how many people I've had working for us over the years and I... We've run won something like thirty four national championships. Hmm. I mean, that's I, while I don't dwell on it. You caught me out the other day hmm. when I was thinking, and I choke on those sort of things a bit. But but then I get back to my old ways and, hmm. uh, and just get on with it again. Hmm. We don't sit here dwelling about Honest. it. Yep. Okay. Couple couple while we're on that too. Um, I mean, some uh, some beautiful photos that surround us, some beautiful memories, trophies, ribbons, you name it. Is there one in all the time that you cherish that you think? I mean, they're all special for different reasons, I'm yes, sure. They are. But but is there one that you feel like, wow, winning that or that was uh, uh, you know so rewarding? Or so is there one that stands that out? That Bathurst Trophy out there would have to be the number one. Really, and yeah. number two would have to be that amazing um, race that Jim Richards and Leo did against the Trans Tasman at Manfield when they lowered the lap record at every lap for the lap after lap after lap. One went faster than the other did, and the other did, and the other did. Amazing. Um, and I haven't seen many races like that again yeah. in my life of going to thousands of races. But um, I, 
I have a different view about the trophies hmm. than most people, and I'm more aligned with the Denny and the Bruce sort of things, and that's why there's a you most probably haven't seen it on the hmm. wall out there. But that was drummed into me very early on that no you don't, you don't get hung up on that, do you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you? no one person. It's the driver and the team, and the team. Neither of them can do it without the other. The other. Hmm. And he, I don't know. He used to bring that up quite often. Hmm. So the boys are now used to me saying the Drumming same thing. But hmm. you know, some drivers think it's them, but I keep reminding them. Even the truck driver, you got the car here. He's he's also part of it, and so all these people that do the wheels and do this, this, exactly. and this. Yeah. You you're the end result of it, but it's it's not just you. Hmm, integral. What about, did the cars become just tools for you and, the, you know, with each evolution they're, they're better for their job, for their mission, and that's what they're built for? Or do you get the odd attachment to one where you go, you know, that car for us was enormously special. Is there one or two cars that stand out for you? I think Mustang won. Yep. because of how many race wins it had. This is the PDL stuff you're talking about now? Yeah, yeah. I think that's wherever it is. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh, was something special because we won so many races with it in trying situations. We had three, four drivers, three drivers that drove it. I was hands-on. Because that that time I was telling you when uh, we packed the car up, the team was me. Mm. Like I drove the truck, I changed the tyres, I changed the engines. Murray Bunn helped us build engines, but when we were running out of money, I built the engines. I took the gearboxes out and there was... Um, there was no big team. Uh, Jandal's come on board and worked with us, but he wasn't. Uh, uh, he was like a timid mouse in those days. <laughs> but you know, when Joy and I were heading off to go to the racing, we'd have to drive the old Bedford, wherever it is around here yeah, somewhere. Yeah. She would go. We drove up to Picton, all the way up to the north, do races, drive all the way home again. It, it, there was no big team, and that was satisfying in some ways, but it certainly taught me how to respect what needs to be done. Um, but I crack up when I see these guys, oh, we've got to have 12 guys on the car oh, and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so the Mustang was one. Was there another one that's been special for you, Real car, race car? Most probably the only other one that I have a, a bit of affection for is the first championship winning mm. car, which is the old Speedway car, yeah. um, because that was... Uh, the beginning of it all. At the yeah. beginning of yeah. it all yeah. and yeah. the camaraderie and those Speedway guys, they, the way they're mates with each other, they mm. get boozed uh, on Saturday night after it's finished and then they fight each other <laughs> and they think that's a great night. But, yeah. And that was too much. Um, like Joy was only 15 when I first yeah. met her and taking her to Speedway and explaining, the wind's blowing this way so you have to sit the other end. <laughs> and then I'd see her after 
covered in dust. And she'd be covered in cinders. Cause, uh, and, of course, all the boys, I didn't. Uh, my mother said, how on earth did you get that um, girl? But, uh, uh, I mean, she was there from really right at the beginning. Mm, a constant. Um, yeah. A constant. And she's a constant now when I walk into the, <laughs> yeah. the pit garage. Mate, I can hear a, her out is, there. Can you? Yeah, I can we'll, hear we'll, we'll finish. We'll finish up then so we can have a little <laughs> wander outside. Um, I want to finish with, with what you uh, said a moment ago, really, and that is when we, we – I walked in with a microphone at Highlands to mm. talk to you. It was a crazy race a couple of weeks ago for yep. the National Endurance Crown. Red flagged, heavy rain, um, a, a, a really an electric finish from a spectator yep. standpoint and you were able, IMS was able to win it. Yep. And we might have started the interview and it went it went very briefly, but you got choked up. Just mm. winning, winning the, the most recent one meant as much as the first one, didn't it? Yeah, it does. Um that's just part of me. Um, like it's it's unusual because I'm hard on other things and business and all the rest of it, and yet I have a um, an emotional side, an emotional mate. side mm. that I can't control. But it's and but it's lovely though, mate. It's lovely, and and you you channel it beautifully into other things. You know, you you mentioned the scholarship before and and how you've. You've worked yeah. for you know twenty plus years in in that area and helping you know unearth well, and assist young well, races. You and, look at the people that have been through the academy, mm. yeah, Brendan Hartley, all those other superstars that you see overseas, mm. all come through that academy and sat at this desk and got interviewed, and all the records there of how we. See something in them. Um, mm. on the what do you re- see in them? When you look at them, what is it that you look for? Uh, I wish I could. I've been asked that heaps of times, mm. but it's something in their eyes, something how they approach you. You can see they're nervous. Like, uh, it would be good for you to come to the academy yes. sometime yeah. down in Dunedin, but we have what's called the lion's den. And apart from all the other good things that they go through for for that week, they have to put together during the week a sponsorship proposal and then they have to come and present it to me. Uh, and normally I have one of the lecturers from down there hmm. uh, with us. And I, you watch these kids um, choke like I do. Yeah. Um, you see them... Uh, put the worst proposals you've yeah. ever seen mm. and then you now and again you see a, a gifted one that's, wow, you sure you did this? Because these days with electronics it's easy to ring Cut home and, and get, mm. and get mm. something mm. done. But, you know, to have 130, I think it is, through, uh, and I was there for the, for the original one, mm-hmm. I uh, that's... That's as important to me as it is some of the races. Amazing, amazing! Congratulations! I mean, you still this business is still doing some amazing things in the racing sense. Now, there are some um, wonderful memories around here that you should be immensely proud of, personally and professionally. I love the stuff that you've done with apprentices through here, giving them opportunity in the same way that you've given some great names in the driver's seat opportunity, and that you're continuing to help unearth and and give. Uh, a hand up the ladder to to youngsters coming through. Well done, mate. Thank you.
Rusty's Garage is written and presented by me, Greg Rust. Series editor and producer is Thomas Dullard. Audio production by Link Kelly. If you've got a guest suggestion, get in touch with me via social media. The Garage, that's where a journey begins with a tank full of passion-fueled stories. Stories.